I'm Angela Moore with Humphreys Moore Shawnee Ranch in Box Elder, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, inflation is taking a big bite out of your Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to cost a lot more to put that dinner on the table this year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. When making decisions on what to plant in the spring, beyond simply looking at what the markets indicate, it can also help to think about how well your crops work with one another. I'm James Hunt, and we'll have perspective on that from one Texas High Plains farmer on Texas Ag Today. What European Union country is importing the most U.S. red meat? I'm Tom Nicoletti. I'll have that answer and reaction from the Texas Cattle Feeders Association on Texas Ag Today. November's a transition month in gardening in Texas. Please join me, John Begno, as we talk about November gardening in Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Inflation is taking a big bite out of Thanksgiving dinner this year. The American Farm Bureau Federation released its annual Thanksgiving dinner price survey and found that it will cost a whopping 20% more than last year. AFBF Chief Economist Roger Cryan. So the survey showed this year that the traditional Thanksgiving basket served 10 people, worked out to about $64. That's about six fifty per person. But it was about 20% above last year and about um, 36% over two years ago, which we recognize is a real burden for some folks. Cryan says there are several factors driving up the cost this year. Part of the increases have come from general inflation, which is a real burden on everybody for everything. Part of it has come from some of the challenges in the food supply chain, including the disruption of war around the world and difficulties of just meeting a rising demand in a recovering world economy. But it is still wonderful to live in a country where Thanksgiving supper like that is relatively affordable. And we give our thanks every year for this. AFBF Chief Economist Roger Cryan. 2022 was a year of very large sheep and goat sales here in Texas. Benny Cox runs the nation's largest sheep and goat market, Producers and Cargyle, in San Angelo. Oh, we saw, you know, a number of those weeks that were right up there knocking on 10,000 door, and we had a number of those two-day sales. It's so difficult to, to sell over 600 an hour anymore because these consignments are relatively small. People were forced to, to, to sell a good many you know, most of the ewe lambs that they might have kept, they cut a little deeper into their, their ewe herd 
we didn't see any real big numbers of real youthful used move. It, it also impacted the goat market as well. Uh, we saw lots of these thin nannies. And Cox says he believes this year was definitely worse than 2011. Uh, back in 2011, I don't believe it was near as drastic as it was this time. It was apparent that the, you know, the subsoil moisture just simply wasn't there either, and so we didn't have all that browse for those those nanny goats. And and uh, we saw lots of thin nannies got down in that range where they wouldn't bring, but oh, 50, you know, 50 to 60 cents a pound. It weren't worth much because there wasn't anything there. You know, after they. If they were taking them process, they didn't have much of feed cost was high. But anyway, we've sold lots of lots of females. A good many of the replacement ewe lambs have gone through and been sent to processing, so they won't be on the you know be out there. And Cox says that will result in fewer kid goats and lambs in the coming year. When making decisions on what to plant in the spring, it can help to think about how well your crops work with one another. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. Here in November, farmers are strategizing what crop mix will work best for them next season. But Barry Evans in Cress already knows his fields will be populated with cotton and grain sorghum, in part because those two crops work well together from one season to the next. I'm a pretty staunch believer in crop rotations and leaving some residue to help gather moisture. The one thing is, whenever you don't get any moisture, it, it doesn't matter what you do to gather moisture. If it doesn't rain, you can't gather it. So I will keep that crop rotation. I think that's also important whenever you look at input cost. By having a rotation, it helps keep your input cost lower on your cotton. Cotton really our money crop. But by actually reducing some cotton acres and putting more inputs, having more emphasis on some other crops, and getting that rotation can really help increase profitability. So for Evans, cotton is, quote, the money crop, but sorghum's contributions are still important. It creates residue on the ground, and it helps capture moisture by having that residue whenever it rains. It helps prevent both erosion and runoff. And also by having that higher residue on the ground, you can use less fertilizer on the next crop. You're also rotating your herbicide, so you get less herbicide resistance. So you actually decrease both your fertilizer and your herbicide cost on the cotton for the next year. So I see great benefits from it, aside from this growing the grain sorghum. Some interesting strategy Barry Evans has just shared with us. And speaking of strategic advice for farmers, in our next report, we'll talk about the educational opportunities that will be offered at the upcoming Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Germany is the top European destination for U.S. red meat exports. Tom Nicoletti has the story from the recent U.S. Meat Export Federation Conference in Oklahoma City. My guest today is Ryan Morehouse with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association in Oklahoma City at the recent U.S. Meat Export Federation Fall Conference. And uh, uh, Ryan, one of the issues uh, that was addressed uh, during a breakout session that you chaired happened to be the fact that U.S. uh, red meat exports going into Europe, Germany is the top destination for uh, those exports among uh, European Union countries. Uh, What have you gleaned from uh, that presentation? Well, the presentation was a great update on the programs that USMEF is using to get American beef and pork into the European countries. Currently, they they mentioned that we're up to 63% of our quota that is allowed just for American beef uh, 
into that area and that there's some, still some room to get some beef and calling for uh, more programs and more producers to encourage beef to go to the European countries. Meanwhile, uh, overall exports of uh, U.S. red meat, uh, well, specifically beef, are up so far during the first three quarters of 2022 uh, worldwide. Uh, your thoughts about that? It's been a great year. We ended 21 in great shape and continued on into 22 and are on pace for a record, a record volume and record dollars. It's going to be tough in the fourth quarter given the, the, the value of the dollar, the, the high value of the U.S. dollar. Uh, so we've got some headwinds into the fourth quarter, but we had such a good first part of 22 that it looks like we'll end the year uh, in really good shape. Exports make up a huge value to the fed beef carcass. Currently, it's $425 per head that exports add to the value of that carcass. That is Ryan Morehouse. He's with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. November is a transition month for Texas gardeners. Horticulturalist John Begno has more on this transition from San Angelo. When we talk about transition months, November is definitely one of those. If you think about it, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has plant hardiness zones, and there are eight zones in the continental U.S., and five of those are in Texas. So if you think about Amarillo and then you go down to Brownsville, what you do in a month like November as far as plants go is totally different. But there are a few things that we constantly agree on as far as November goes, partly because the days are getting shorter. The nights are getting cooler, and we don't have those excessively hot days. And maybe even in some places, it's a little drier. So we think about wrapping up tree planting time. We like to plant in the fall of the year because they can get established, and we have no risk of severe cold damage in most situations, even up north in Amarillo. If they're a good, hardy plant, they're going to make it through that winter if you plant them in the fall of the year. They get their roots established, and, and they're going to be ready to go in spring. As far as summer turf goes, we've already finished planting Bermuda and St. Augustine and things like that that are even too far north. It's not a good idea to plant them hardly any time of year, let alone right now, but they might do that again or continue with that planting along down in the summer. But one thing we're going to do is keep our equipment ready for next year. Okay, what we're going to do there is we're going to try to make sure our, our lawnmowers, our gasoline engines, if we're not going to use them, blowers, if we're not going to use those through the winter, then there's all types of additives you can put in your fuel that helps to protect the seals. We used to drain them, just drain them all out. Well, the seals a lot of time dried out and we had to just start all over with repair work in the spring. So just they stay bill as one of them. You add this to your riding lawnmowers or you add them to your chainsaws if you're not going to use them and so forth. All right. And it's a good time to get that ready. Put your equipment up that it's in great shape. Anything you have shovels, it's a good time to get all that together now. And then the last thing you can do is plan for upgrades in landscaping. Things that you might want to change next year, these chores this winter can involve some of those ideas. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. If you plan on hunting mule deer in Texas this year, you may be required to take them to a chronic wasting disease check station to be tested. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And vitamin D3 is very toxic to dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Vitamin D3 is very toxic to dogs. Dr. Bob Judd says there are several ways dogs can be exposed to vitamin D3. Just this past week, we had a dog presented to our clinic that had eaten almost an entire bottle of 300 vitamin D3 capsules designed for people. Vitamin D3 is also called cholecalciferol and is toxic in high amounts. Some rat poisons contain very concentrated amounts of cholecalciferol, and the capsules for human supplements with vitamin D3 only contain a small amount of vitamin D3 per capsule. Generally, ingestion of a few capsules by a dog is not going to be a problem. However, If the pet ingests an entire bottle, as in this case, it can be deadly. Fortunately, this dog survived with treatment. For this reason, it is very important to keep all human drugs and supplements locked away in a cabinet so your pet cannot become accidentally poisoned. There are also vitamin D3 creams available for humans for skin disease that, if ingested, can cause toxicity. Ingestion of vitamin D3 leads to increased absorption of calcium and phosphorus from the gastrointestinal tract. This causes mineralization in the tissues, like the gastrointestinal tract, liver, blood vessels, heart, and other tissues, and can lead to damage of these organs. Exposure to either the vitamin D3 rat poison or the human vitamin D3 supplement or creams can be very serious in dogs and can lead to decreased appetite and activity, vomiting and increased drinking with increased salivation, seizures, and even death. If you feel your pet has been exposed to a vitamin D supplement, cream, or rat poison, call your vet immediately. If within two hours, inducing vomiting is very effective at eliminating the ingested material and preventing toxicosis. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you harvest a Texas mule deer this year, you may be required to take it to a chronic wasting disease check station. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. If you plan on hunting mule deer in the Texas Panhandle or the Trans-Pecos this year, you may be required to take your harvest to a chronic wasting disease check station to be tested. It all depends on where you're hunting. Sean Gray, pronghorn and mule deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. So we have zones up in the northwest panhandle, kind of Dalhart area. If you harvest a deer within that zone, we have mandatory testing. And those check stations are in Vega and Dalhart. And the Trans-Pecos, we have a zone kind of far west Texas. And we have two or three check stations there. And we're still doing mandatory testing as well. We have a newer zone last year, and it's around Lubbock. It's a lot smaller than the other two zones that I just mentioned. But we have mandatory testing in that zone as well. The reason for the mandatory testing is trying to get a better idea of prevalence and geographic extent of the disease within those areas. 
CWD is a fatal neurological disease that impacts members of the deer or cervid family, including white-tailed deer, mule deer, and elk. Hunters who harvest a susceptible deer species in a CWD zone are required to bring their animal to a TPWD check station within 48 hours of harvest. Hunters will receive a receipt before they can take any part of a harvested deer from the zone, including meat or quartered parts. Locations and times for CWD check stations are available in the Outdoor Annual at OutdoorAnnual.com and in the Outdoor Annual app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back to look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It's been a good week so far in the cattle market. We closed out higher once again on Thursday on both live and feeder cattle futures. December live cattle up another 95 cents to close at 152.75. February up a dollar 15, 155.40. April up a dollar 17. 158.90. Strong gains on the feeder cattle market with the exception of that nearby November. Of course, that's a very lightly traded contract getting ready to go off the board. It was up 15 cents, 175.85. January feeders up 250 to close at 179.97. March feeder cattle up 225, 182.50. Cash-fed cattle selling mostly steady this week. Here in Texas, we've sold cattle at 150. That's unchanged from last week's trade. Up north, we've seen live sales as high as 153, dress sales at 242 on the rail. Boxed beef prices higher on Thursday. Choice up a dollar three, 258.12. Select up a dollar 63 at 232.98. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I'm joined by Gary Butler from Nixon Livestock. Sell them on a Monday. Gary, how did it go? Uh, we had a good sale, Larry. Uh, we wind up with 1,250, a few more than I thought we'd have. Uh, cows had 163 cows and 27 bulls. Uh, calf market continues to be strong, Larry. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of these calves bringing $2 a pound. You know, number ones, uh, two and three weight steers, a dollar sixty-three to two thirty. Uh, heifers, a dollar twenty-four to a dollar eighty-five. Three and four weight steers, a dollar seventy to two ten. Heifers, a dollar forty-five to a dollar ninety-five. Four and five weight steers, a dollar fifty-nine to two dollars. Heifers, a dollar forty-four to two twenty. Five and six weight steers, a dollar forty-five to a dollar eighty-three. Heifers, a dollar thirty-three to a dollar seventy. Six and seven weight steers, a dollar thirty-four to a dollar seventy-one. Heifers, a dollar thirty to two. 
and a quarter. Seven eight weight steers and bull yearlings a dollar twenty seven, dollar forty nine, and the heifers a dollar and a quarter to a dollar forty four. We got seventy six for the best cow. Uh, slaughter bulls eighty to a dollar five. Uh, we did not have any pal pivot cow, and the pairs the same way. We just had a handful. The three thirty, which was a longhorn cow, to eight thirty five on a crossbred cow, and they had, she had a little age on her, Larry. But uh, I know of uh, we're going to have a sale Monday. coming up Monday. Uh, a lot of people are taking off, but we're going to have one here in Nixon. I got uh, 50 kids, 50 to 60 kids coming, uh, I know of, uh, mm-hmm. right now, and I'm sure we'll have another thousand or so. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. We uh, catch us here at the sale barn at 830 582 1561 or 62. Uh, catch me on the mobile, 830 857 4330. We appreciate it, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now. We're lean hogs closed mixed on Thursday. December hogs down 60 cents, 84.97. February hogs up 45 at 90.80. Class 3 milk was mixed also. The nearby November up a nickel, 21.03, while December Class 3 milk was down 22 cents at 21.70, 100 weight. The cotton market closing sharply lower today. We were near limit down at one point in the trading session, but we did recover some of that. Nonetheless, still a sharply lower close with December cotton dropping 140 points, 87.04. March cotton down 148, 85.28. December 23 cotton down 25 points at 79.17. The corn market closed mixed. The nearby's higher, deferreds lower. December corn up two and a quarter, six sixty-seven and a half. March corn up one and a half, six sixty-nine. The wheat market closed lower Thursday on news that the UN and Russia have reached an agreement on extending the Ukraine grain export deal for another hundred twenty days. That caused a lower close in both hard and soft wheat. December Kansas City wheat down seventeen and a half, nine thirty-eight a bushel. December Chicago wheat down ten and three quarters, eight oh six and three quarters. In the energy markets, December natural gas up nineteen cents at six thirty-nine. December crude oil down 371, 81.88 a barrel. The financial market slightly lower Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 48 points, 33,505. The Nasdaq down 52 at 11,130. The S&P down 17 at 3,940. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.